United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. We've been updating you on the progress and yesterday an event uh, noting the release of the uh, the report from the Joint Task Force on Extremism in Fragile States launching a new approach. This was an event that took place yesterday, and we want to get the update on this. Nancy Lindborg, president of the United States Institute of Peace, joins us here on POTUS. She is tweeting at Nancy Lindborg. Nancy, welcome back. Thanks for being here. Great to be with you this morning, Tim. Uh, you've, you've done this before, but maybe just set the backdrop for this. I know that uh, this is bipartisan. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham, Senator Chris Coons, among those who were there yesterday. That tell, tell us a little bit more about the backdrop of what this report was about. Sure. Uh, USIP was chartered by Congress to develop, quote, a comprehensive plan for uh, understanding the conditions for uh, violent extremism in the Horn of Africa, the Sahel in Africa, in the Middle East. And so we put together a bipartisan task force chaired by Governor Tom Kane and Congressman Lee Hamilton, who you may recall were the co-chairs of the 9-11 Commission. And the backdrop is we were asked to do this report because since 9-11, the U.S. has spent about $5.9 trillion combating extremism um, and terrorism and have been very successful in keeping the homeland safe. Um, There has been some success in defeating terrorists as they try to hold territory. But the real victory is not going to be through military. And what Governor Kane and Congressman Hamilton have said is that the unmet recommendation from the 9-11 Commission was to adopt a preventive strategy to address uh, violent extremism overseas. So that was that's the fundamental goal of the of the report that was released yesterday is to articulate a preventive strategy for the United States to do with partners. Does that preventive strategy include some tactics? Uh, some uh, it, how specific does it get? Well, it really outlines uh, three major recommendations, and the first is um, you know it sounds really simple, but it's deeply important and hasn't been done yet. And that is there is a high level political commitment in our government around a unity of effort uh, to align all of our U.S. policy and assistance instruments around a shared understanding of what are the conditions in fragile states that give rise to violent extremism. Um, And then the second two are how to put that into action. Uh, The first is looking at a range of policies and processes that get through the bureaucratic impediments uh, from accomplishing that. And the third is a shared global fund for uh, enabling us to burden share with our partner donor nations and to do so in a compact model uh, for those who know the Millennium Challenge Corporation, doing it in agreement, a shared agreement with specific benchmarks um, with the fragile countries and the affected populations themselves. So it's really a different way of doing things. I wonder, uh, again, we're speaking with Nancy Lindborg, president of the United States Institute of Peace. This is the final report from the Task Force on Violent Extremism in Fragile States we're discussing. To whom does it fall to execute this strategy? In other words, is this congressional? Is this executive branch? Is this in tandem? What, uh, th- how does this happen? 
it, it really requires both. And what I'm very encouraged by is that um, it, it uh, w- was launched, as you noted, Tim, it was launched on the Hill yesterday with support from bipartisan support, Senator Graham, Senator Coons, as well as uh, Congressman Engel and Congressman McCall from the House side. And there is legislation coming uh, soon, this week maybe, from both the House and the Senate that very much align with the findings and recommendations of the report. And of course, there was recently uh, the BUILD Act was passed, which is uh, new legislation that enables uh, support for private sector investment in fragile states that was deeply supported by the administration. So, I, you know, we are in a moment of, of I think, convergence of shared desire to figure out how to do these tough tasks differently. There's a shared awareness that we really haven't had the success that we, that we need uh, in combating extremism around the world. It's, as I said, it's been $5.9 trillion, and we've seen, in fact, a rise of extremism, particularly in uh, the Horn and the Sahel of Africa and the Middle East. So this this is laying out a very practical roadmap that looks at a prevention strategy. It's, it's pretty common sense, but it will take some very different ways of doing business around our government and take Quickly. both congressional and administrative support. Okay, a quick logistical question. This global fund you referred to, who would administer that? Is that from the State Department? Uh, the Partnership Development Fund is, it, it would be led by the state and State Department and U.S. Agency for International Development. Um, it would uh, definitely uh, require international buy-in. We want both burden sharing, but also as a way to get coordination among that wider group of actors um, so that there's this shared understanding of what are we trying to accomplish both across the U.S. government and with our partners. And there's some great and, models out there if you look at how we were able to collectively tackle HIV-AIDS um, with a similar kind of approach. And, and uh, the last question, this has to do with the, the, the sense of how much the United States should be involved in intervening in some of these countries. But we're talking fragile states. We're not talking about necessarily nation states who might push back on these things, I guess. I mean, I, I could be wrong. Explain that. Well, you know, what we're seeing is that fragile states, which are those states where you've got a broken social compact between a government and its people. Um, And we're seeing that the states that are the most fragile are really the common denominator for violent extremism, for poverty, for uh, uh, sources of migrations and refugees. It will, we will not always find willing partners among those states um, and their affected populations. But key will be those who are willing to, to engage in partnership with the partnership fund, um, that, it will, that it will be a jointly agreed upon program. One of the things that we've learned is that change really has to happen uh, led by the people who are affected. We have not had success when we go in and say, here's how to do it. So it's got to be uh, support that is both long-term and able to be more flexible in how it's used on the ground with shared agreement and benchmarks and accountability, um, but not designed by us. I do appreciate you joining us, Nancy. Thanks so much for being on the show today. 
Thank you, Tim, and stay tuned. We look forward to this continuing to move forward with the new legislation. Yeah, final report is not the final action, right? <laughs> we're right, but we're exactly. we're looking forward to turning report into action. All right. Nancy Lindborg, president of the United States Institute of Peace, joining us here. The final report being delivered on the Task Force on Violent Extremism in Fragile States. You can read more at the website if you want to go to uh, USIP.org. That's where you will find this. You can actually look at this final report, Preventing Extremism in Fragile States, a new approach. Task Force offers three recommendations, as she just noted, and you can read on at the website. You can also see the Twitter handle at Nancy Lindborg, L-I- N-D-B-O-R-G. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.